This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored, as always, by the Sky Blue Tavern. I'm David, and I'm pleased to be joined this evening by Andy. All right, Dave, mate. Very good, thanks. And Matt. Hey, Dave, how are we doing? Yeah, very well. I think it's been a long time since both of you have been on, is that right? Yeah, bit of a been summer. A summer sabbatical for me yeah yeah it's been a while it's been nice it's nice to be back Dave it has we had all of the obviously roast you know rotor if you want to call it that um ready and we all <laughs> said roast roast yeah sorry just had a roast I, I had nothing about a roast <laughs> no I certainly didn't get the whatsapp <laughs> we, we obviously lucked out a little bit but the club didn't because of the fixtures not being played but it meant that the days that they didn't play fell on our weekend to be on the pod so it's it's great isn't it lovely to be back um yeah, it feels weird a bit but yeah it's great Lots to be talked about, um, so I think we'll get cracking. In this episode, we're going to cover the defeat to Hull. Um, we're also going to talk about the previews for both Preston on Wednesday evening, which will be the first at the CBS since the new pitch has been laid. And we're going to talk about the trip to Carrow Road on Saturday. Away from you know the pitch, though, and the playing eleven. There's been quite a few discussion points, some of which were discussed at our first fans forum that we held at the Sky Blues Tavern last Thursday in conjunction with Sky Blue Fans TV. Um, we'll have lots more of them throughout the season, and there's a lot more happening throughout the season. Like I say, at the tavern with the Sky Blues Extra guys. So really looking forward to a lot of that. But let's get cracking, lads. Saturday away to Hull. Two week, you know, first game in two weeks. How was you feeling before that, Matt? Um, I mean, 
it's it's difficult to not kind of get pulled into the the negativity at the moment i guess to an extent you know with um everything off the pitch kind of feeling feeling negative it's hard to not you know let that kind of pull you down a bit and and obviously um it, it is pretty much all negative news unfortunately at the moment we've obviously got the injury to O'Hare and, and we, we've got confirmation in the last you know few days that's going to be at least a couple more months which is not great obviously we had the um the results as well and the fact that we're we are behind in terms of game has, has left us rooted to the bottom of the table but there's plenty going on obviously with the pitch and, and everything there and and just little niggly things as well with regards to you know again the last few days with the box and, and everything else and then you add on the situation with the obviously the impending likely transfer of Haim as well. So it's hard not to get kind of pulled down a little bit with that. But obviously, it's also important to try and remember what we've done over the last couple of seasons and um, where we are at the minute as a football club. And, and the fact that obviously it has been a difficult um, situation for us. And, you know, there are mitigating circumstances for us to be bottom. Being completely honest and talking specifically about the whole game, I can't shy away from the fact I did predict in the preview uh, for, for us to lose um, but again putting those things aside it was more just the fact of I, I just really felt that like we were going to struggle coming into this game because you know we, we we just haven't had that opportunity to get hit the ground running and get get any momentum or get that match sharpness going as a, as a football club coupled with the fact of I think Hall are looking likely to surprise a few teams this season with the with the start they've had even that loss to West Brom you know 5-2 obviously sounds bad but they, they actually if you if you go back and watch um parts of the game they were actually quite unlucky for for patches of that game and they've they've, they've actually done really well in the transfer market so just trying to put all those things aside and concentrate on this as a one-off game um I, I still felt that we'd, we'd probably struggle because of the that lack of you know sharpness and unfortunately that proved to be the case yeah, exactly. Just two changes um, forced with the one from uh, you know Palmer coming in for Hamer, who was suspended, and Rose for the Exxon Heim, which I'm sure we're going to cover in a little bit more detail later on. Is that the lineup you'd have chose, Andy, with what you know um, Mark Robbins had at his disposal? Yeah, I was quite I was quite excited. I thought he was going to. Yeah, it's the only one he really could have chosen, really, Dave, isn't it? Um, it was good to see. Uh, Palmer gets some minutes because obviously he needs that um, because he hasn't had much minutes over the past few years. So he needs to get minutes under his belt. And with Cal being injured and he's going to be long term, it's the perfect opportunity to see what he, what he can do. Um, I don't think he was ever going to last 90 minutes, but he, he'd got a good 60 minutes under his belt. So that's good on that side of things. Won the penalty as well, which was good. Um, and then Rose was the other change, which is obviously, which is, like for like, isn't it for Hyam? So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't surprised with that change. No, it was it was the team that I would have picked yesterday. Yeah, we, we looked very shaky in the opening exchanges, Matt. Um, obviously, a bit of ring rust there of not playing for such a long time. That was obvious to see. Did did you was you worried once you started to see that the Sky Blues first fifteen really just couldn't really get a foothold in the game? Yeah, I think kind of following on from what I said before, just you got to expect that, especially at the start of games, kind of heading into that um, that first period where they just look really sharp. And again, kind of speaking a little bit about Hull, I think they they feel like they've got a, uh, something to prove this season. Obviously, they've they've established themselves with staying up last season, and you know, I'm not suggesting that they're going to be a team that are probably going to potentially come the end of the season challenge for the playoffs. But I'm I'm sure they've got ambitions to to kind of target mid table and. 
and maybe push into the top half. So, you know, they're a team who are, who are looking kind of up for games at the moment. And, you know, just that ring rust for us, unfortunately, is going to be the case maybe for the next couple of games as well, whilst we well, kind of get up to speed and, you know, just errant passes. And I think probably this kind of thing is going to affect the defence more than anywhere else because you just have to stay switched on. For the strikers, it's maybe a little bit more, you can bed your way into the game. And um, obviously, you know, if you can create a few good chances in and grab a couple of goals and it, it doesn't stand out so much. But for the defence, you've just got to stay switched on, especially at this level. Again, even... Um, maybe one of the sides you know, who aren't fancied to to go up, but they've still got dangerous players, as we obviously saw in the end. And um, and yeah, just didn't look on it for that for that first fifteen twenty minute period. Yeah, and unfortunately conceded early, eleventh minute, and it's Estupinan, is it? I can't even pronounce his name, but anyway, I heard his name enough times on on Saturday. Um, but he opened the score, and it felt like it could be a, a bit of a long afternoon, Andy. Um, no one really covered themselves in glory. Uh, Dabo looked to be caught out and, you know, a stronger palm from from Moore could have probably removed the danger. Yeah, it was a bit of a mess all around, wasn't it, Dave? Um, for me, I thought Dabo was weird in that situation. He seemed to stand off, didn't engage. I thought Vic got pushed off the ball too easily as well. I don't think that was very impressive. And then Bidwell did half a job of closing down, but that wasn't near enough, good enough. And Simon Moore just flapped at it a little bit and, you know, it hit him and went in, didn't it? I don't, you know, I think this hat-trick is probably the most weirdest hat-trick. He's not actually shot the ball in the net, has he? It's just hit him most of the time. So um, a very avoidable goal and it kind of summed up the first 20 minutes day from us. It was very sloppy. City did get back... Back into it, though, um, a really well-taken penalty, which was won by Casey Palmer. Um, first start for Casey Palmer. What did you make of his performance on Saturday, Matt? It, it probably was one of the more positive elements, which obviously we, we do need at the moment, especially with O'Hare going out injured. And we, again, probably found out in the last few days that it is going to be for the next couple of months or so. so it is really important that he can have a big impact in the team. And I know, obviously, we've probably played Allen in that role um, that would would suit him for the last uh, or for the first few games of the season. But I think if we really want to kind of to some level even replace O'Hare, we're probably going to need to get that top end level of what we know uh, we can get potentially from Palmer because that's always been the thing with him. You know, he's, he's obviously been a bit hot and cold where he's been uh, in the past, but he's obviously always shown that he has got that level and, and ability in him so it was positive to see his performance I think he brings something a bit different to O'Hare obviously in terms of maybe a bit more strength to his game yeah. he's not going to yeah. go past people as much but that that ability to hold the ball up a bit more and obviously we've we've seen examples and clips of his ability to to kind of pick a pass through a defense as well so just he didn't shy to kind of... a tackle either did he yesterday which was no he didn't that's sort of nice he's a str- strong lad and we probably need that presence in there especially at the moment with say you know Alan who as much as he works hard is is obviously more you know less got less strength and, and similar like you say to Cal yeah exactly he's a bit more of an engine kind of that box to box you think you'll get a bow but he's he's probably not going to be able to he will get put a tackle in no no doubt about it, but he's probably not going to have that same level of um, strength maybe to, to knock somebody off the ball and win back possession. I know obviously Palmer um, did really well to get the ball back for that disallowed goal for, for Godden as well. So he just gives us a, that little glimpse of what he can do on that side. And I think we've just got to lean into his strengths. You know, it is different to O'Hare and maybe we need to adapt to that a little bit and maybe he needs a bit more of a, 
uh, running the first team so that we can we can obviously lean into those strengths a bit more. But certainly his ability to, to hold the ball up a bit better, you know, maybe can drag players in to, to support a bit more and then obviously look for that through ball. So, yeah, I really hope he does get the opportunity to get an extended run in the team because if we can get him up towards his top level, then I think it's going to minimise that loss that we might obviously, we're obviously going to see with, with regards to O'Hare and did really well to win the penalty. I have no idea what their players are doing complaining about the penalty. Absolutely stonewall. I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. for any for one second understand why about three or four of them are on at the referee, but um, and obviously Godden did what he, we expect him to do as well. Yeah, exactly. It, it felt like we had lion's share of the possession and, and the play at, at this period um, in the game. I, I, I felt that we looked pretty comfortable, but we then conceded again just before half time, which is never a great time to concede, of course. Um, and it was just, yeah, big error, wasn't it, Andy? Massive gift. And it's been indicative of the season start for Simon Moore. I was his biggest fan last season. Um, I thought he was outstanding. And I thought, you know, he's, he had a run for player of the year last season. I thought he was brilliant. Tailed off a little bit towards the end of last season, but I thought generally he was fantastic. And that's one of the surprises of this season for me, This the start he's made. Um, he made an awful error against Sunderland, as we well know, and the Millwall error was probably even worse. But I'm surprised by Robbins by sticking by him, because um, I know Robbins is a fan of Wilson. Um, when you make two errors like that as a goalkeeper, it's very difficult to get your confidence back. Um, and as you can see from that goal, his confidence is completely shot to pieces. Um, so, and it really gifted them a way path back into the game, which you can't do at any level, Dave, but especially at Championship and Premier League level, you you can't give people goals like that. It's just a, a recipe for disaster. And, and we didn't really recover, did we, until the last, what, 10 minutes? So, yeah, it, it caused, again, yeah. lots of points. And it's disappointing because, I, like I say, I'm a big fan of Simon Moore and uh, I feel his pain. Yeah. No, I understood. And, and, and you know, like you say, there was despite some improved performances, I, I <laughs> thought, you know, we were threatening. Yeah. You know, obviously, I've got sky blue tinted sunglasses um which I wore on Saturday but you know it's very difficult to say that that Hull put some good stuff together at times but we definitely play and I think we have for the last two games that we've been in as well every game this season probably the better football um it's just like you say defensively you know we I don't think we've ever been that strong in 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 recent years we we obviously had um you know, a good run when we went up from League One and, you know, we were up against it in the first year of the championship last year, more improved, definitely at home. But I don't know, we've always had a bit of a defensive issue. Um, and yeah, like I say, it was a hat trick, wasn't it, for the for the man, Oscar Estepinen. And um, he probably can't believe his luck, Matt. He's he's going home with probably what was the easiest hat trick he'll, he'll score. Um, poor defending again here, really. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna score too many hat tricks like this. I know he'd scored uh, a couple of goals against West Brom as well, so he's already shown. You know, he's he's not a player who kind of needs help in finding the back of the net. He's actually Colombian, I believe, he's a Colombian international. So it's a fantastic signing for them. And I did mention in the preview, having seen you know some of the highlights from them over the last few weeks, he was probably likely to be the danger man. But you know, 
you don't need to be too much of a danger man or you don't need to be a Colombian international to to finish those chances that we've given him. Obviously, uh, the second one's kind of hit him um, and gone in because of Moore's mistake and the third one has just kind of fallen to him and too many mistakes in there, unfortunately. We haven't closed, closed down the cross on the yeah, right-hand side. Yeah, we that in enough. very easily, haven't we? And it's, it is a good cross in, in fairness to them, but again, we should be closing that down a lot quicker. Again, Dabo's on his heels. The ball's coming no into No one's the, close to their man, are they? Nobody's anywhere near and and kind of that player's just got to run in on Dabo who's got to expect somebody's coming in there and you can't just wait for the ball to get to you. You've got to kind of attack it and get the clearance in and you know their players obviously stolen a march on him and then I don't know what's going on. I mean, Rose has been bundled off the ball with complete ease uh, and that's really worrying to see and then Fads is just kind of just kind of stood there and he again doesn't react to the the potential danger that that's coming. So I don't know if there's a thought of obviously it's Rose's man, but you still need to be on your toes and and kind of be aware of the danger that's coming in. So all round, it's not a great goal. Obviously, we can maybe talk about more as well. But I think from that kind of range, you know, it, it's not probably it, it, it's not the best piece of goalkeeping, but it's not so much on him. It, it's probably all around defence. You know, three or four of them there who've not had the best. Um, it's a bit about taking command, I think. Yeah. No one really took command of that situation, did they? Um, you know, how many of those come in and they should go row Z and no one was, you know, first to the ball. And and like you say, I, I agree, you know, God was playing catch up really once it's at that close range. Um, I think we're getting punished for everything at the minute. And that's, yeah. that's just kind of the nature of the situation. Again, we've said it's probably a bit trickier for defenders because of the fact of you need to be switched on. Um, so the effects of being a bit rusty are going to going to hurt them a bit more in terms of if they're just not on it for, you know, a split second or, a, you know, a five, 10 second period of time, a few times during the game, then you can be punished. And that's what's happened here because they haven't created a great deal of other, you know, massively great chances until potentially the end where obviously we're pushing a bit more to get back into the of game. Course. So yeah. And that, um, that was a sitter. Yeah, exactly. It is a bit of a bit of a sitter that he's missed, but you know, that's, that's by the by, you've got to take a risk when you're three, one and three, two down and pushing to get back into the game. So other points in the game, obviously it's probably three or four incidents where we've looked a bit rusty, but we've, we've obviously been punished for each one. So disappointing to see in, um, I, I also don't want it to sound like an excuse for them because at the end of the day, it's got to it's got to stop now. You know, we can't have this happen. The, the game on uh, in midweek against Preston is massive and we can't allow giving them a goal, especially with their defensive records. So whilst, you know, maybe we can say about a little bit of ring rust and everything else, it, it needs to stop here because, yeah, it, it's a massive game coming up against Preston. Yeah, City continued to rally. Bidwell was denied at the back post. Um, well struck, really. Brilliant save um, from the whole goalkeeper. Um, and then a poacher-style finish from Godden got us back to 3-2. Great corner from Waghorn. Um, and it felt like we could have one last push. Um, it's 3-3 free free now for Matty Godden. And uh, how many can he get, Andy? Uh, over 20 if he stays fit. Um, so the firepower is not a problem because we've got Vic who can get around that total as well um, but the only thing we've, we've got is, is that he's just got to stay fit isn't it Dave um, yeah. Yeah. that's key um, if he stays fit for me he can get yeah over 20 uh, he's he's lethal he's absolutely lethal he's the best finisher at the club without a doubt anything around the area is corners he doesn't miss and um He's one shining light to the start of this awful season so far. 
Yeah, it was it was probably the, the you know the positive coming out of the game that he still mm. knows where the the net is. The thing is, is, is I go back to it. You know, we we were still pushing late on, uh, yeah. and it kind of felt that it was going to be one of those that it just wasn't mm. going to be your day. Um, and like you say, when you take away those mistakes, they probably would have struggled to score. Whereas you know we've converted. Um, you know, one's a penalty, I know. Um, uh, but we, you know, we had lots of lots of chances. There was a waghorn one that he he sort of dragged wide. Um, a lot of people were screaming for him to give that to Bidwell. But you know, he's an out and out seasoned pro striker, and if he gets it on his left peg at, at that sort of range, he's he's going to have a dig. And almost yeah. glad that he did. You know, he's still showing. For me, yesterday, waghorn's still showing confidence. Um, you know what you'd expect really from a from an old head and a and a professional, but. Um, you know, he he may well get some more chances this season. To well, to... we've scored five goals away from home, haven't we? In three games, yeah. So yeah. it shows that there's goals in the team, which is again another positive. Um, it's like what Matt said earlier. We just got to cut out these errors, errors at the back now. Um, starting on Wednesday against Preston, because we are scoring goals. So if we weren't scoring goals and conceding, I'd be more worried. But no, we are still scoring, which is good. Yeah, no, exactly that. And look, I'm. It's one of those. We've got to move on. We're going to pick ourselves up. I'm sure the team are. They'll be straight back into the training ground, won't they? Um, and they'll be working on stuff ahead of Wednesday. Let's look back at the the game for Hull then, and and take some man of the matches. From firstly from you, Andy, and then Matt. Uh, Gordon for me. I thought he was uh, the shining light for us. Um, took his. Goals clinically, I know it was a penalty and he couldn't really miss the header, but I thought generally his general play was pretty good as well. I think he he's my man of the match. I thought he played well. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree as well. You know, two goals in an away performance, you've got to be happy with that. And um, following on from what Andy said, you know, from an attacking perspective, we do look like we're, uh, we are on the ball. Five goals in three away games is a decent return. And um, so... Again, that following on from Andy's point, it, it is, I guess, a, a bit of a shining light for us if we can start putting those defensive mistakes behind us that the goals are still there for us to score. But in terms of man of match for this game, two goals, I've got to go with Godden as well. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. In true hashtag PUSB Twitter style um it's gone into a bit of a meltdown and there'll be no one seeing it more than yourself andy um lots of hot topics that have been talked about not just the ones that we covered of course like i said at the fans forum which took part at the sky blue tavern but ever since then actually since saturday um there's been even more topics to to cover off we're going to go into a few of them this evening so we can get our points across um and as I say, always, you know, those of you at home do get involved with the conversation. You just need to use the hashtag SBE podcast. But the topics we're going to cover, Andy, is is the goalkeeping. I know it's something that, you know, you're, you're talking around. Is it time for Robbins to, to sort of play another card? Um, Hyam, what does that show in terms of commitment from the club? We'll go through that one as well. And um, Mark Robbins, what does the future hold for him? Um, he obviously sounds very deflated at the moment. Um, and then obviously Matt touched on it at the start of the podcast, but the box and corporate fiasco, uh, which happened late last week. So kicking off with the goalkeeping, Andy, you're you're for a change? Yeah, for Wednesday. Yeah, I'll start Wilson against, uh, against Preston for Wednesday. I don't, 
you can't make three errors of that that size and still play, in my opinion. Um, so no, I'll be, I'll bring Wilson in for uh, Wednesday. I'm not. I think, like I said, Wilson is a good number two. He's not a number one for me. Um, he's a good number two keeper, but he deserves his chance for me. And it'll give you know take Simon more out of the uh, shooting line a little bit, give him a bit of a breather, and hopefully he'll come back stronger day. Yeah, no, exactly. There's no, most players, there's nothing more than they really want is just to get yeah. back into the action, really, isn't it? But like you say, maybe it's a, a chance just to to take take a breather, like you say, take a step away. Yeah. Um, let's not, you know, let's not get our, um, you know, things mixed here. It's a huge, huge game on Wednesday. And, and for, for me, you know, Robbins has got us play his best 11. Um, but... It, at that moment in time, I guess, is best 11. And if he feels that there might be just even an inkling there of, of, of low confidence from any of the players, yeah, then he's yeah. he's got to make those um, changes. One of the players that, well, might be there and might not be, um, we're hearing that, you know, the offer is or the deal isn't completely um, happened at the moment, which probably makes Saturday even more frustrating, really, um, because, you know, until someone leaves, they're still your player. But... I'll ask you both on this. Matt first, Hyam. Um what's your thoughts on this this transfer? I, I am disappointed by it. I, I am really frustrated. And you know, I'm a fan of Hyam. I think we all are. It's not even that losing Hyam is a devastating thing to the side. You know, while I do think he is obviously a starting defender for us, I think we can work around it. I think we can cope. Obviously, we've got um we've got four good centre-backs at the club at the moment and potentially, even though it might not come with a fee, you know, if he were to go soon enough, we'd, we'd potentially look at bringing somebody else in on a, on a free or for a very small amount of money. Um, so I think footballing-wise, we could actually cope with it, even though it's obviously not um, a plus for us. But more than anything, you know, we've I, I think at Sky Blue Extra, we've been very um, balanced and fair in terms of the fact that we haven't really, you know, gone for it in the transfer market this summer and in the last two summers since we've come back into the championship, we've spent around about three million, I'd say, each each summer. And you think with more um, sustained time at that higher level, the higher money and revenue that brings into the club in terms of TV and advertising and sponsorship, combined with the um, additional season ticket sales and everything else, obviously, you'd expect to be balancing that um that same kind of level in the transfer market. But obviously, we've 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 been very keen to kind of highlight the fact that we've done a lot of work to make sure we've 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 obviously secured the long-term um deals maybe not the long-term services but um made sure that at the very least we're going to get a good transfer fee with long-term contracts for those bigger name players that we've got at the club so I, I think we've been very balanced in being able to say look you know we haven't spent anywhere near the amount of money we've spent in the last two summers which is surprising but it's been for other positive reasons when we're starting to sell players and and obviously, from Robin's reaction, we're, we're seeing that we're, we're obviously probably not going to get any level of that money back in terms of um, who we might bring in before the end of the window. That That is quite disappointing to see, considering um, the lack of money that we spent this summer. So, yeah, I think probably from a footballing perspective, if it does happen, I know obviously it's still seeming, well, there might be a little bit of doubt in terms of kind of getting everything across the line. So it might be that he ends up staying. But um, I don't know how how you guys feel, but it it definitely is a disappointing one. Andy, it's the the Brentford m- model, isn't it? Well, Brentford still spend money. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've not spent anything this summer. So I just wanted it's, it's, to. It's not. It's not. <laughs> 
Um, so, but a player I've that got... came through from League Two. Yeah, I get um, that. You know, has 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 obviously been a stalwart in the team. Mm. Robbins thinks a lot about him. Thinks yeah. a lot of him. Um, and and he's for me probably one of the most consistent defenders that we we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's you know every player has a price, doesn't? You know, and and that's. That's it. I understand that people are frustrated about the time before the window, but sometimes clubs come in for players. It's left yeah. field, like Robin said in his post-match. Um, is it not just, you know, sort of cause and effect? It's not, it's not ideal because of the timing. It's towards the end of the window, which never helped. But like you just said, sometimes that happens. Clubs wait, don't they, until the end of the window and poach your players. That's, that's fine. But what I've got a concern about is that if one, you know, Hyam, if we get a good fee for Hyam, then if he, if they reach his valuation of the club... What do then, you think that fee is? The, the rumours 1.5? Well, well, that's too low. You know, I'm not is Hyam. That, is I'm that not Hyam. Adding, add-on, surely, do we think? Well, no, it's got to be. Hyam's worth more, free, free plus, easily. So, you know, we should be asking for that. If it's 1.5 with no add-ons, then that's daylight robbery that's just stupid um however if it goes up to free and, and, and add-ons then it kind of makes sense to a degree but my concern is that not particularly obviously higher it's not ideal timing by any means because it's going to be really really difficult to find a replacement now for dom Hyam. you know i'm not dom Hyam's biggest fan but you know he's an established championship defender he's played with us for the last three seasons in the championship and to find a replacement at this late stage is going to be really, really difficult. But my my biggest concern is that if one of the if one of the bigger three go, not Cal because he's injured, but if um, Vic goes or I, um, Hamer goes, that that will be a problem. Do you, do you think that could happen? I I don't know. Would it we're, surprise? We're hearing, it, we're hearing surpri- a big week. Coming up, yeah, the I keep hearing that. Um, yeah, I, keep I, hearing I spoke that. to a lot of people on Saturday um, who who said, you know, the sort of grapevine out of the club is is mm. this is big things happening this week. What is it a big week in terms of it, from Mark Robbins's point of view, and that he said it's a big week because we've got to get points on the board. Is it a big week because? transfers and 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 sort of approaches are, are possibly coming in who knows um yeah. but it depends what the board set, has said to him Dave if the board have said to him you can keep I'm not going to give you you can have free transfers loan players but you will keep your big free and Robbins has said yeah that's fine however if the goalposts if the goalposts change and they get rid of one of the big three then I then that's a problem because how yeah. can you sustain a successful club if you're selling your players, your best players, and not buying anyone? It doesn't work. You've got to improve your squad. Yeah, agreed. In my and, opinion. Uh, it, you know, there was, there was no one that sounded more frustrated on Saturday, Matt, than Mark Robbins. Um, have you got any concerns over his, his future? I mean, obviously, you know the 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 Twitter the Twitter gang are, are talking about you know if 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 it's something else that's it he'll walk. He's obviously frustrated around the pitch. Um, 
that was a, a big frustration. But that's because he's a football manager and he just wants to get on with the season and play football. Um, he obviously sounded a little bit rough around the the way that the Hyam deal was was done, but is is also aware that you know it, the board make a decision and and you know then he's got to look at what is at his disposal. Um, but it, it was an interesting. Uh, I mean, there's a lot been said that he went straight down the tunnel. I don't think he did. To be to be honest, he didn't mm. clearly didn't come over to um, mm. the supporters on Saturday, but he didn't go down the tunnel. Um, yeah. Maybe he was waiting for one or two of the players to, you, you know, to just give him that 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 sort of word in the ear, I guess, after what was you know a bit of a frustrating performance. But how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I mean. We... <laughs> It's some of the stuff you've we've we've heard over the last few days has been has been amazing, mind blowing in, in my opinion. I was hearing a lot of talk about the the reaction the players' faces as they were going into the changing room on Saturday because you know some of them weren't weren't grinning from ear to ear or or whatever it might have been. It was just just silliness. But obviously, professional footballers hand, aren't they? They've just been beat away from yeah. home in a game that they know really they should have got something out of. Yeah, exactly. But even going into the game, going into the uh, changing room before the match, and people are kind of reading everything into people's faces as they're going in. But as you say, they're professional footballers. They're getting ready to to do their job essentially, and they're not, you know, they're not going to be wandering, or they don't necessarily need to be wandering around grinning like the Cheshire Cat. So, I mean, it, it's a bit silly some of the stuff you hear. But again, taking it for what it is, people are that passionate about the club that they are reading into the facial expressions of yeah. footballers going in. So it all comes from a place of obviously you know, complete and a passion for the football club. So it's not something I, you know, want want to make light of or anything like that because it, it's people that massively care about the, the team and the football club yeah, that they're exactly. taking it to this level. But I, I think at a certain point, you do have to stand back a little bit and kind of assess everything that's going on. You know, I, I think, I mean, if we were to sell one of those bigger name players, I, I would worry a little bit about Robinson. I can't, I, I might regret saying this come four or five days time, but I can't see there being any possibility of any of those big players going, unless it is for a ridiculous amount of money. Obviously, they're all, you know, if, if an unbelievable offer comes in, they're all on the market to be sold. But I just don't see that happening at the minute. You know, where O'Hare's injured, Hamer's obviously not maybe painted himself in the best light at the start of this season. Um, I just don't, I don't see that happening. And if that was to happen, I would maybe worry a little bit then. But yeah, look at the situation for what it is. There's so many negative things going on at the football club, but you know robins yeah as you say he probably didn't react as he might normally do going but he, he's the, never the been pitch, like but... you know doing cartwheels in interviews and stuff yeah he? exactly he's not ian dowie who's running <laughs> over with the fists and everything else i think just take it for what it what, what it was we'd lost three two in a game that would have you know probably felt like we had an opportunity to pick up points and we've gifted them three goals a lot of frustration there so he's obviously not going to be the the happiest and i'm sure there are a few frustrations about things that are going on behind the scenes with Hyam and and obviously ongoing things with the pitch and everything else so i'm sure he's frustrated but I, I, again it comes from a place of people worrying because we love him so much so i can understand it but i you know i, I think we're all right i think he's he's sticking around and um but it is a massive week not in terms of his future, I don't think, as long as obviously nothing catastrophic happens. But in terms of kind of getting the other side of the transfer window in and obviously having this first opportunity to get points on the board at home. I know we've, we've got the, the draw at Sunderland, but, but again, that first win on the board. So it is a massive week. But, you know, even if we weren't to win against Preston and, and maybe weren't to bring, you know, as many players in as we wanted, I, I still think we can all feel fairly confident that he's going to be at the club at this time in, you know, in seven days or so. 
Yeah, and Andy, you know, Mark Robbins is much like us. He's a man with a job that pays a salary and he lives in a certain area that I'm sure he wants to live in an area for, yeah. for lunchtime. You know, it feels a little bit a lot, you know, for someone to sort of j- jump out of the, the frying pan, right? This this early on in the season. Um, yes, football's a bit different where people can be approached. There's obviously going to be some managers that are getting sacked at some point soon. Um and therefore, we always see Mark Robbins in and around the sort of 20, 15, maybe even 10 to 1 sort of bracket for, for some of those jobs. But have you got any concerns at all? No, not unless um, like a promise has been broken to him, unless someone sells one of our big three under him, then he might think about it. But I didn't think he sounded too bad after the game on, on Saturday. Um, I was expecting him to sound. He was a little bit deflated, but he's just lost a game of football, right? Hasn't he? Yeah. So it's, you know. Exactly. But I don't think he sounded that angry or upset. To be honest with you, I thought he sounded a little bit deflated, but nothing out of the ordinary. To be honest with you. So no, I'm not overly worried. I think he'll still be with us. He, he knows that. He knows that he's not stupid. He knows the situation at the club and, yeah. and the parameters that he has to work under. So no, I'm not worried about his future unless. In this next few days, something gets broken that, that you know he's been promised, and that might be different. But hopefully, it won't come to that. No, I think he'll be all right with us. I think he'll be with us after the transfer window, Dave. And Matt, the the club has got so much right off the pitch in in recent years. Obviously, the the return to the CBS was was a big one. Um, they can't do anything wrong really in terms of the kits. Um, they've had a bit of better sort of. Um, com- communication between the fans um, this year though it just feels like there's been a few PR gaffes I guess or own goals um, a little bit I, I, I sort of go back to the one where um, it was the, the cup game that got moved to Burton um, yeah. and people had to go and get a refund by 2pm at the physical premises in, in exactly. Coventry, which was just absolutely... Are you sure that's legal? <laughs> Is that legal? You can, absolutely you can tell ludicrous. That? And, and obviously they did a U-turn. But I, I mean, I remember putting a tweet out in August, you know, to say that when things go wrong, they go wrong. Um, but you do get a chance to win or lose from a sort of PR point of view. And there might have been lots of options on, on, on the table um, for that situation. And it feels a little bit same with the, the corporate boxes. I know a lot of people are saying, get over it, it's one game. But, you know, they're not cheap. Um, yeah. A lot of these boxes are commercial boxes and therefore they're used to entertain. We know exactly the mix between business and football and, and how that's grown throughout mm. the years. And if you've planned your calendar to have guests that are, you know, from from other companies that you're you're trying to woo, um, I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do to take them to Coventry City. Um, <laughs> but if you if you are so inclined to do that and and hope that that's going to get your deal over the the line or or whatever that might be, um, it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. I, I just a little. Uh, I mean. We've had a couple of examples this season. I don't know if the cup kind of feels like they've been pushed into a bad situation and they're a little bit, <laughs> sounds a bit silly, but a little bit pouty about things, but it's almost a bit like, well, it's not our fault. So w- what do you want us to do? Or at the end of the day, you're still a football club that has fans that are paying 
an extremely large amount of money um, to to come and watch the the football club and just just handle it a bit better. I was going to mention it as you've said, kind of that situation with regards to the in person refund, and it's almost a bit like, well, you know, we didn't kind of cause this situation completely by the. Um, by what's happening with the pitch so it, it's not our fault but it's kind of like okay but this is still fans of your club who are unbelievably loyal are spending you know significant amounts of money going to yeah, games and have come and back in their numbers haven't they you know the numbers yeah, have exactly. increased um you know you sort of you're not looking at anything sub 20 um or so at least sort of 17 18 um in recent in recent or last season so like yeah. you say that loyalty needs to be repaid doesn't it at some point in respect just just how you handle these situations you know it might be unavoidable i think obviously they probably would have known that there was a potential of, of well i think they admitted in the letter they knew that there was a potential of something in july and it's not as easy kind of looking between the lines it's not as easy as being able to say to kind of the people of the boxes in july this is what's going on so um you know plan now because obviously they, they probably were still thinking and expecting and in discussions with the stadium in terms of the fact that they might be able to sort something out you know things might get moved around and and be able to do things like but that it was so, the refund wasn't it fine there's going to be a pro rata refund but wasn't it they were asked to get sort of if you still want to attend the game you know go to sort yourself out eticketing.com exactly CCFC. Yeah. So it's just the reaction. I think, obviously, you know, it might be Surely they could have just said that we, we've put a section aside in, in this stand or that stand or, or whatever with a, yeah. with a block of, of the people that have got the, the boxes. and Because that would be fairly easy to do straight away, right, on the ticking system. Just block a section out and go, right, let's not sell any more tickets there. Um, and, you know, there's this... Don't get it wrong. We, we've sell, we're selling lots more seats, but at the same time, there's definitely going to be a, a, a block you would fill that, that we could have, you know, housed those people. Yeah, I mean, without knowing the 100% ins and outs of, of how that all works, I think you're right. It's got to be fairly easy in terms of being able to sort something out with a um, with a section of the ground to be able to say, look, here you go. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously get you you sorted out for the game, and you know, we'll have a voucher for a beer, or we'll have beers ready for you when you come back to the boxing. Uh, you know, hopefully a couple of weeks time or whatever it might be. It's just a PR situation where it can be handled so much better. And, you know, you, you're only giving people five days notice, which might have been unavoidable from their perspective. So I can I can understand that. But it's just it feels really quite easy. It's to like we're taking our eye situation. off the ball a little bit from from it, with a lot of things that I suppose that's probably what the fans will feel. And this feels like just another another one of those, I guess. I think as football fans as well, you always have that thing in the back of your mind that, you know, when a football club gives you an example that they'll play on the emotional um, investment that a fan house, and you can almost take the take advantage of that situation a bit as a football club to be able to say, you know, we're going to do things that most normal businesses wouldn't do because you're emotionally invested in us. So we'll we'll take advantage a bit and um, and you want to see the football club do a little bit more to turn it the other way to just say, well, look, you know, this is a great situation. We're not giving you a lot of notice, but here's what we've done about it. Here's a plan. You've you've got a section of the, the stadium. And then when you come back to us in the box in a couple of games time, you know, here's a point ready to go in and you're all sorted. But it's almost a little bit like, you know, let's take ad- emotional advantage of this investment that you've got goes back to the situation with the refund you know I, I mean I can't imagine any normal I don't like obviously talking about the you know saying the business thing of it because you know the day is a football club and we, we want to kind of specify that little bit of a difference to a normal business but also from a perspective of how they treat fans um, you, you just you'd want to see it done a bit better so yeah it's it's another dis- disappointed example this week unfortunately. 
You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Now, the guys have already alluded earlier on in the podcast to how big Wednesday's fixture is. Back at the CBS, um, not quite a new pitch, but a stitched or turf and stitched pitch um, that we'll have. Um, But it is a huge, huge game. We've already heard Andy's thoughts on, on Wilson starting, but any other changes you'd make, Matt, to the, the starting lineup? Gus Hamer likely to come back in, but would Rose keep his spot? Um, I personally was really impressed with Doyle um, at the weekend. Yeah, what what would you sort of set up as? Um, I mean, I think he will, obviously we talked about Gus and I think he will come back into the team, but from a de- defensive perspective, I think he probably will start with the, with the same defence, even though it wasn't the best showing. Um, I, I I just think from the perspective of that that time that Rose has had at the club and throwing Doyle into such an important game, you know, I, I ultimately would like to see come the end of the season, Doyle be a, a, a regular starter for us. And that's going to mean, obviously, he, get, he gets game time and, and develops into the player that he, you know, is almost certainly going to become. Because I think if you look at our defence and the people that we have on our books available to us at the moment, Doyle's probably the one who, long term, if you look, if we're talking about his career in 15, 20 years time, he's probably going to end up playing at the highest level. So if we can get him in to the team regularly at some point over the next couple of months and he can become a starter for us, then that's going to be a massive plus for us because, you know, we're obviously tapping into that potential that he has. Um, But what I think will happen is he'll probably start with, um, with Rose and, You've got to be a strong man to drop Rose just when, if if the Hyam deal goes through, um, yeah. you've got to be a strong man and and know you know that the the relationship between you and that that player is is really really strong. Which you know Rose has obviously cut a frustrated figure at times in mm-hmm. in in the past um, to to leave him out, haven't you? Really? Yeah, exactly. I think it's such a big game for us and. I think he we know he's he is the kind of manager who will try and stick with players and give them that that opportunity and it, I just think it's such a massive game you know it it just feels like it would be a big risk to to maybe make that change at, at this stage just for for obviously the fact of somebody who knows the system who knows um what Robbins likes to to do and what's what Robbins is trying to do and has had you know 2 3 4 years of that experience so I expect him to to start the game um but I also say I wouldn't be I wouldn't be 100% shocked if if Doyle was to come in and hopefully at some point we will start to see him get more of a um a regular run in the starting lineup Andy Hamer likely to come back in um does that mean Palmer will probably be a straight shot miss out yeah I think he will be um I think asking Casey Palmer maybe to play on Saturday Wednesday Saturday bit of a problem at the minute. I think he's got 60 minutes in him. That's about it. Um, so, no, I think the, the midfield three will be Hamer, Sheaf and Allen. Um, and I expect, you know, Rose to, to play at the back, yeah, like uh, Matt just said. But, yeah, I expect to be that middle three, yeah. And it's going to be great, isn't it, finally to be back playing yeah. at the CBS. Um, it, it does, you know, uh, going to be a great evening. And we just really need the Sky Blue Army to get behind them don't we because we need that 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 extra that extra man really we do it's a huge game Dave massive massive occasion again another occasion where we, we're coming back to the stadium it's, it's, it's odd isn't it you know no other club has this but 
it's a coughing um huge occasion for us and let's hope we get all the season tickets holders down there and get a few more down there and um because the tickets are a bit cheaper aren't they i think yeah yeah which is yeah. good um and hopefully we can we can get a good result because boy we need it we need a pick meal from all this yeah it's not quite a must win is it but it's it's an important win yeah it's it's to get us back on that front foot again and get us going it's not a must win but it is if if that makes sense (laughs) it's it's we need a we need a good shot in the arm don't we Dave and we need it we need a boost and um three points against a a decent Preston because they haven't conceded a goal in about 2008 years I know. So, so it's, it's let's hope we ends on um, on Wednesday and we can really get a positive result, David, because it will just lift the mood a little bit, won't it? Because everything yeah. everything at the moment's a bit doom and gloom, isn't it? And um, it does feel that way. Yeah, and I think, I, I'm not. I'm quite realistic. Yeah. You know, um, you know I saw. A, a, you know, we were talking this earlier five years ago. I think we did we lose like our first three or something like that. Anyway, or we beat to Yeovil. We're in. Yeah, you know, I remember the, it. Lower, lower, you know, levels of of English football. Um, mm. and that was just a mere five years ago. You know, and it, you know to where we've got to and 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 how we've improved and you know, through Rob, Robins and, but, but also off the pitch, I think we've mm. made, we've made improvements. Yes. There was times that we spent away from the Rico and CBS, but yeah, I think, you know, there's been a lot of, lot of good, good news. And this feels like the first sort of blip, I guess, in, in what, what's been yeah. a um, pretty much a upwards trajectory um, for the club. You mentioned there, Andy, you know, Preston played six, scored one. Um, conceded zero. Um, the man behind the fabulous match day previews, Matt, um, can you give us a rundown on Preston? What should the Sky Blue Army be expecting to be seeing on Wednesday night from our opponents? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I think that's the the main standout thing for them. Obviously, not too much going on, but quite fascinating in the lack of any real uh, goal mouth action that's going on there, you know, got to a level where you've, you've only had one goal at, at either end in nine hours of league football. It's in itself, it's, it's quite fascinating in its, in its mundane nature of um, in not being that fascinating of a spectacle to watch. So it is actually overall relates to quite a relatively solid start for them. They're uh, sitting 10th spot with obviously one win in the five draws so far which, you know, would be, I would imagine, a, a solid position for them given their, they finished 13th last season. So they're probably one of those sides that are looking to kick on and finish in the top half. And they're obviously achieving that at the moment. Obviously, the standout thing for them at the moment is the defensive prowess, which is yeah. slightly surprising given the, the fact they are managed by an ex-striker. Um, yeah. Usually expect the, the Kevin Keegan theory of, you know, let's let's score one more than them, even if it ends up in a, in a 5-4. But um, you know, he's obviously decided he's going to set them up in a, in a, in a very strong defensive manner, which is great. And and probably the big sign and the big, um, big thing that's given them that confidence is is a goalkeeper, Freddie Woodman, who they've brought in from Newcastle. And it, it is a really good signing for them, to be honest, on an undisclosed fee. It's a permanent signing. So um, it's got to give them confidence at the back. Um, and obviously now he's conceded just the one goal across seven games since he's come into the club. So he's done really well. But having said that, the defence is... Um, has helped them out a lot. They've had just 13 shots on target over those those six games. So they've obviously got a really set back line who they're, they're feeling comfortable and have gelled together really well. The likes of Liam Lindsay, 
um, Jordan Story and Daniel Hughes, I think, have played every game for them so far. So yeah. one of those games, we're, we're really going to struggle to break them down. But then at the other end, they're obviously, as we say, not creating too many chances themselves and only just scored the, the one goal. So by the likes of um, Troy Parrott, who's one of those names you see floating around every EFL league. Exactly. I mean, I think he had a couple of decent games Millwall, in the AFL Cup. He was he was at Millwall and then he went to was it Ipswich um, where he scored a few goals and then he went to MK Dons and he, he did okay last season for them, but again in League One, but just seems to be on the back of a couple of decent EFL Cup games for, for Spurs and everybody saw him as this sought-after striker, but it's actually 13 goals in 100 games for him, so he's not, he's not the prolific. most... Yeah, he's not the most prolific and perhaps the scariest of presences. Um, probably their best player for me is, is Brad Potts, who has got that one league goal of the season. It was was pretty decent goal away at Luton, bit of a Van Basten-esque volley at the back post. But he's again, he's not a prolific goal scorer, um, but he's probably somebody you can expect a lot of their play to, to kind of come through. So going to be an interesting game and the stats would probably suggest, you know, not maybe not the, the most exciting from a goal perspective in terms of a first game back at the CBS, unfortunately. Well, it's obviously going to be nervy. Um, it's obviously going to be an electric, I hope, atmosphere um, roared on by the Sky Blue Army. There's going to be some tense moments, um, but score predictions, lads. Andy, starting with yourself, what do you think is going to happen on Wednesday evening? I'll go with my heart. 2-1 win Coventry. Matt, anything different to that? Yeah, 1-0. I think we will win. Um, I, I actually think it's quite an ideal first game back for us. I know they've yeah. obviously not had a bad start from the perspective of not conceding, but they've, they've also not only scored one goal. And yeah. I think where we're struggling a bit more is the defensive side. And I don't think they've got too much presence from that perspective. So hopefully it's a good game for our defence to kind of ease their way back in. Um, and as Andy's mentioned earlier on, you know, our strike force is still producing goals. And I, I would always back us still to be able to to grab uh, at least one goal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually think it, it's worked out quite well for us. I'll go for 1-0. Yeah, I'm going to join you 1-0. If I'm allowed an opinion, um, I think we're going to take the three points. It probably is going to be, you know, we're going to have a lot of possession, I think, as well. Um, and I think that possession will just pay. And I think we'll win 1-0. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Moving on from Wednesday night, hopefully on the back of all three points, um, supporters will get a chance to visit Norwich and Carrow Road for the first time since 2016. A 6-1 defeat that day in the League Cup. Uh, Ruben Lomeres converting a penalty. But what will the outcome be this Saturday at Carrow Road? What do we know about Norwich, Matt? And who have we got to fear? There's There's some pretty you know exciting players isn't there at, at Carrow Road this season yeah they're the perennial yo-yo team I think at the minute in terms of balance between the Premier League and the Championship six out of the last eight seasons they've either been promoted to or relegated from the Premier League so they've obviously got a bit of a model going themselves in terms of being able to, to get themselves out of this division I think we should expect them to be there or thereabouts at the end of the uh, at the end of the year um, and as you say, they they are always going to, whilst they're in that model and in the championship, they're always going to boast some of the better players in the division. Obviously, there's there's some more established known players like Todd Cantwell uh, and Hernandez and obviously Timu Puki, who's um, been prolific at this level before. It has been quite a 
quiet summer for them in terms of incomings, as we've seen them with a lot of teams um, over the summer, ourselves included, unfortunately. They, they, they have added some quality. Um, Chilean international Marcelo Marcelino Nunes has come in and a Brazilian uh, Gabriel Sara, who I'll be honest, I don't know a great deal about having come from Sao Paulo for them. But again, do you not watch much million. Sao Paulo fixtures? I, it's, 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 the time difference kills me, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, if, <laughs> if it was a little bit more convenient time wise, then I'll be uh, I'll be a regular viewer. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen too many of their games over the last couple of years, unfortunately. But, you know, they've spent six million on him, which is a figure, unfortunately, we could only dream about at the yeah. moment so um so another one to to watch out for obviously they're managed by dean smith who's um come in from villa he's been there for a while and obviously wasn't able to to keep them up last season but i don't think too many people would judge them judge him too badly on that fact it was a pretty horrific start for them so they were always likely to to go back down and uh, obviously he was probably already planning for what he was going to do this summer um, from about Christmas, I would imagine. So it's been a bit of an up and down start to the season for them. They didn't win any of their first three, but have won the last three against Huddersfield, Middlewall and Sunderland. So that's seen them into the top six and we can probably you know, expect them to be there or thereabouts for the rest of the season. Um, in terms of kind of other names who we, we might want to keep an eye out for, aside from those obvious ones we've already, already mentioned, you've got Josh Sargent, who is the top scorer at the moment with four goals. Yeah. Yeah, he came in last summer from Werder Bremen. Didn't make too much of an impact uh, in the Premier League. I think he got four goals all the last season, so he's already matched that total. So he's probably one of these players that they were they were planning to <laughs> to have an impact in the Championship, yeah. even in last summer's Premier League transfer window. But he's hit the ground running for them uh, so far at the start of this season. So yeah, all in all, it's obviously going to be a, a difficult test for us, and it probably does put that little bit more pressure on us to try and get the win against. Preston just to, to to ease the nerves maybe a little bit going into this game. So score predictions for this one then um, start with you Matt and, and then Andy. Yeah unfortunately I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Norwich for this one I think just that that extra bit of quality might show through. Yeah for me I, I echo what Matt says I think Norwich will be us on 2-0. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I I likely think they're going to beat us, but there has been a few chinks in the Norwich armour. I think um, so far this season, and at least it's a game where it's not going to be spoiled. Norwich will come to play. Well, not come, but they'll they'll play football, and and we obviously always do that. And generally, when we play our best football, I think is is up against some of the teams that perhaps do give you a bit of time, do allow people to play football and, and want to see the game in that. It's not like we're going to get bullied, um, you know, left, right and centre, like if, if it's perhaps, you know, against maybe a Luton or, or something like that. So it feels like a game that we could get something out of. Um, very likely that we will, unfortunately, lose. But I don't know. I think we could we could get a draw, potentially. Um, It'd be a good yardstick for us to measure yeah. ourselves. Like you say, we've, we've come up against a few tricky teams and maybe not, as you say, the best footballing teams and it's hard for us to to get in the game. So, yeah, it could be quite a good yardstick for us to see where we are and um, and hopefully do it on the back of the win against Preston. So, fingers crossed. Well, chaps, thanks ever so much for joining me again this weekend um lots to look forward to not only just like we say wednesday's fixture against preston and saturday's against norwich but a lot of stuff to still go on off the pitch um until that transfer window finally slams shut um for the year 
we'll we'll obviously you know keep an eye on it um make sure that you are following all of the pages um so that andy can update you with all of the latest news that's going to happen um and listeners also with football back at the cbs on wednesday do not forget that the sky blue tavern and dylan's brewery place host to the best pre and post-match entertainment wide range of food and drinks options there and as always if you want to get involved with the conversation anything we've discussed this evening all you need to do is use the new hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.